For national companies trying to infiltrate the local market, the community organizations may be the best and last frontier. In this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I speak with Megan Hanna. She's a co-founder and CEO of Zipsprout.com that is doing a very innovative take on helping organizations, wherever they are, match with local nonprofit and community organizations as a way to create marketing partnerships. A very, very innovative approach. Check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Megan Hanna. She's a co-founder and CEO of Zipsprout.com. So Megan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, and you got my last name right on the first try, which not everyone does. So, so that many points it's for you. Years of doing this. Uh, that was This was an easy one. Oh, awesome. So right off the bat. Tell us what Zip Sprout is. Sure. So we are an agency, although we have some tech components as well. Um, but we work to match our clients who are businesses. Um, sometimes they're uh, local regional businesses and sometimes they're national brands or international brands. But we connect them with local sponsorship opportunities in cities across the U.S. and Canada. So we um, help match them with nonprofits, events, and associations um, that they can sponsor and, and reap marketing benefits of uh, on the local end. So I want to get I want to get into the the process. You know exactly how that works because it's a pretty I think it's a pretty innovative uh, approach to marketing or calling yourself an agency. Um, yeah. But I'm curious, what was the genesis of the idea? I mean, did, were you sitting around one day saying, what's, a, what's kind of a cool, new, innovative way we could actually go to market? Or was there a nonprofit that you did this for and went, hey, this is an idea? So, yeah, actually, the impetus for, for Zipsprout came from the agency side. So I was working uh, for Zipsprout's parent company, uh, which is a company called Citation Labs, and we were doing local sponsorships um, as, a, as a marketing effort for a client. So basically, we just had this idea for a client, like, hey, what if you did local sponsorships in some cities that you're trying to get attention in? And so I took on that project, and it was so interesting. We, we started in San Diego, and just speaking to all the local organizations in San Diego and how eager so many people were for, like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a business sponsor. Hey, I'll work with you. People were very eager. They were very flexible, and they were just fun to work with. So, you know, um, I worked with Garrett French, who is uh, the CEO of Citation Labs, and we're like, you know, this could be a lot bigger. And um, that was December of 2015, November, December, and around March of 2016, we hired a few people to help build out Zipsprout to do more cities so we'd be available for more clients, and it's just been growth since then. So it's, yeah, it started as a, as a project that we realized once we got into it, had there was so much more in that space, and no one was really doing quite what we were doing that we could find, so... We just got excited about it. Yeah, well, uh, I have actually written about this as a marketing tactic um, in my first two books. Not, not obviously the platform, awesome. that, not the platform that you've built, right, but right. just this idea of, you know, the implied referral of getting involved with a community organization mm -hmm. and the fact that you know you run a special and promote that nonprofit. They have a real 
great motivation to promote you and your your products to their boards and volunteers and donors and not in a you know not in a way that's taking advantage of you know oh look at me i'm doing good work it's just such a great kind of win-win yeah and actually the thing is it's like like you said like i don't think the idea of doing sponsorships is a new idea at all Mm -hmm. um yeah i can't take credit for that but i think you know a lot of times when especially larger companies try to do local sponsorships, it just becomes difficult when they're trying to scale it. You know, it's yeah. just there's there's so many organizations to get in touch with and so many, you know, uh, details to worry about that I think sometimes even the companies that are doing it don't don't always do it the best way or don't really find great ways to work with local organizations. So um, and I agree, I think it can be a way that's a win win for both the local organization and um, the business as well. It's definitely not, you know, a, a, a way of trying to take advantage of local right. organizations. But we talk to a lot of uh, organizations that are actually very eager for business sponsors, sure. especially yeah. because it's for them, it's just another way to, to earn revenue um, to, you know, help do local good. So. Well, and I, I always found, because I used to do this with, with all of my clients, I always found that the best sponsorships were really partnerships. That, mm-hmm. you know, that it wasn't just like, oh, here's somebody we can give some money to and, you know, put our name on. But it was like, how can we help their mission? How can we get involved in their events? How can we, you know, create volunteer opportunities? So do are you able, you know, in a sort of platform approach, if you will, are you able to kind of really go deep enough to know who the two players are that you're partnering yeah, so it really depends on the client. We've done we've done things that are more big picture with some clients, but then we have some clients that really want to go more detailed, like you're talking about. Um, we're working with one client. Um, it hasn't launched yet, so I can't mention the client, but they're they're opening. They're doing some grand opening of of stores uh, in a couple of towns. It's actually reopening, so the the store closed and is now reopening. They wanted to build a lot of buzz around it, and in their grand reopenings, they're going to be. Uh, they wanted to give some of the profit from this uh, event, the grand reopening event, to a local nonprofit. So, mm-hmm. in our work to find them local sponsorships, we also looked for a particular local nonprofit in the very close area of some of these stores that really matched with their target demographics and and really would be just a great recipient of of these funds. So, you know, we, we're kind of building that relationship for them in addition to finding um, some regular sponsorship opportunities. And it's worked out really well because for them, it's like a lot of these stores, they're brick and mortar stores. So they do get people coming in a lot saying, hey, will you sponsor yeah, right, right, our right. organization? So it's not like, you know, they don't have anyone to sponsor, but for them, it's often because they're getting people coming to them, they don't see the whole big picture of their community. So they, there might be some great organizations who just aren't thinking of coming to them who might, you know, be right down the street who they may never have heard of and, and not know to donate to. So we're kind of able to get that big picture look and say, hey, these guys over here are actually just a perfect match for you. So do you have, uh, I'm going to call them local scouts in some in some <laughs> fashion in those cities because, you know, mm-hmm. nonprofit landscape is sort of a political landmine and, oh, yeah. you know, all, you kind of have to know who's who and what's what. And so, so, you know, how do you kind of figure out the lay of the land in a local community? 
Sure. Yeah, well, we're getting there. And I would definitely say that's true. And we've found that every city has its own personality right. when it comes to organizations. Um, so we're all based out of one area. So the team is all based out of Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, where I am. Um, but we have matchmakers. So the, the team of matchmakers, basically their job every um, you know, month, every few months, a matchmaker takes on a new location mm-hmm. um, and does just kind of outreach to as many local organizations as we can find in that location. Um, so, you know, we do emails, we do phone calls. With all of our matches, we establish a relationship ourselves before we match them with a client. So uh, we're, yeah. you know, getting in touch with organizations. We're talking to them about sponsorships and, you know, what kind of sponsorships they have and would they be interested in working with this particular client. And if all is good, then we match them. So we don't have on the ground people yet. It's something that Garrett and I have talked about and we're like, oh, it'd be so cool to have, you know, a person in each city. But I also, as a manager of a team, uh, as a head of a company, I love having all of my team members where I can meet with them frequently because I think that's just a really important part of, of being coworkers and on a team is that you're getting some face time with each other. So that's the direction that we went in. So so maybe explain the whole process in a kind of a succinct way then. So let's say I come to you and I say, I'm opening three stores in these towns. And we think that partnering with some folks, you know, locally would be a good thing to do. Help us out. Sure. So yeah, first of all, we would kind of we'd spend a lot of time talking to you, like, you know, what are the people that you want to get into your store? What is your, you know, target uh, group that you're trying to reach? Uh, and, and what are some of your interests as a company? Do you already have, you know, some companies already have passion areas where they do a lot of uh, giving already uh, for certain uh, causes. So if a company has those, we're like, hey, let's build that up. Let's pursue that. Let's make that right. bigger, but locally um, and, and find some organizations that are tied to that cause. So once we know exactly what you're looking for and also the benefits of sponsorship that you're looking for, some companies want a lot of in-person things. Some companies want just more digital sponsorships. Once we know all that information, um, that's when we do our research. So we go into a city, we look for as many local organizations as we can find. We often just use Google saying, okay, who's here? Um, And then we outreach to, like I said, everyone that we can find in that local city. Um, We, you know, we'll place a phone call, we'll send an email, um, getting in touch with these local organizations. And then, um, you know, talk to a lot of people. The matchmakers talk to dozens of people a day, um, just finding out who the local organizations are in a particular city. Um, And then based on what our particular client is looking for in that area, they put some of them in, uh, you know, a list that we present to the client and say, hey, these are the organizations of all the ones that we talk to that we really think are the best fit for you. This is the sponsorship that we really think that you should do. And, um, then the client looks it over. They say, oh, yeah, this one looks good. This one looks good. Maybe not this one so much. Um, and then we go back and facilitate the sponsorship and tell the organizations, hey, this you know, company wants to sponsor you and, and make sure it happens from there. So where, where do you find that this type of tactic fits into the marketing mix? Um, is, are, are, do you have agencies coming to you? Do you have you know, the PR department of an organization coming to you? I mean, where, where do people kind of put this? Yeah, so we started out in the local search space. Mm. Um, so I think a, a lot of times it'll be at the beginning, especially it's people that are in the SEO space that are coming to us that are like, oh, you know, you can help us really get recognition um, in the local, uh, you know, in the local area um, for our search traffic. So that might, um, but, might lead to like local backlinks or something. You mean? 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think also as we've grown, um, we're getting people, like I said, in franchises or in, you know, we work with startups that are launching in a particular area, um, people who are kind of wanting to build attention for their product or service or store in a particular area um, that they kind of want to make a splash at one particular time. So I think that can be a good thing for us. It's like, you know, you're coming into this city brand new. We can help you build these relationships that you can then sustain year over year over year. Um yeah, I would say that those would be those would be the big ones. And then we also do have some agencies uh, that come to us as well. Um, and we always tell people we don't exactly white label, but we can definitely work with agencies and, and try to allow agencies to manage their own clients as much as they want to. And, and we can just work with them however they see fit. So. so I recall that you were a finalist in the Street Fight, Street Fighter Local yes. Awards. <laughs> and I have a confession. Do you know what that confession is? What? I was a judge. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I'm were you? <laughs> I, would, I remember reading the application. You know, I must admit there were lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I remember being impressed with the fact that it was a very innovative approach. Because you, at that time, you really were positioning it more as a kind of a local SEO play, I think, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how you grew out of. Yeah. Well, I appreciate just being nominated. Honestly, I was so excited um, but to be, you know, just to get the nomination. Yeah. So thank you. So um, tell me, do you have a couple of like favorite examples where this has just really been a home run for somebody? Yeah. Um, of Zipsprout in particular or just well, local for, sponsorships for, for, in well, general? Yeah, one of your clients where this just really made a, an impact. Sure. Yeah. So um, we're working actually on a case study. We haven't completely released it yet, um, but we're working with a company called ClosetBox.com in Chicago. And, and I'm just I'm so excited about everything we've been able to do. This has kind of been our our perfect, like, we're building it ourselves sponsorship um, program where we've been able to, um, you know, they were launching their services in Chicago. They have a particular demographic that they're looking for, which is, you know, people who are homeowners between certain age ranges. Um, and we were able to find about 10 local sponsorship opportunities that really fit for them. Um, and then we did a lot with just kind of maximizing every benefit of sponsorship possible. So, you know, we worked with organizations who were giving out um, social media shout outs, email newsletter mentions, um, you know, uh, uh, giving out uh, coupons at events, that kind of thing. And we made sure that every single time that Closet Box was being mentioned as a sponsor, we weren't just having the brand be mentioned, but we were, you know, including a coupon code. We were including uh, a link to an article that was about moving within Chicago. So it was specifically addressed to people who live in Chicago. So we are making sure that in every way that, you know, when Closet Box is mentioned as a sponsor, we're really maximizing their marketing potential as well. So... And, and, it's been awesome so far as seeing the emails come in and seeing the coupon codes go out and, and all of that happen in Chicago has, has been pretty exciting. And do you play a role in defining that or do or do clients sometimes come to you with, hey, here's our performance metrics uh, for this sponsorship? Yeah, it can depend. So I've, I've done a lot in terms of um, trying to help clients see the maximum potential of every sponsorship and saying, hey, like, can you send me coupon codes? Is that a possibility? Can your team write a blog post for this city? So I think a lot of times clients come to us and they're like, we know local sponsorships are cool and maybe they can help our search presence and we're not quite sure what else right, is right. in there. And I'm like, okay, here's here's the idea. Like, here is what you can really do. Um, and, and, you know, I try to set goals for us um, so that our clients can see the value of what we're doing and so they continue hiring us. Okay, so let's get down to the really hard part. 
Uh, <laughs> how do they pay for ZipSprout? Yeah, so our clients pay us fees over and above the cost of sponsorships. Um, and that's something that I really like about ZipSprout as well. I think there are a lot of companies out there that work you know, for the nonprofits, but then they charge nonprofits to find them sponsors. Mm-hmm. So we we charge our clients. We really push it as a it is a marketing effort on behalf of the client. So they pay us additional amounts on top of the sponsorships. And that way, when we're coming to these local organizations, it's a really easy connection for them. It's sure. like, hey, this is free for you, yeah, we, and we're we, funding you. We a found sponsor. you some money. Do you want it? Yeah, exactly. So in that way, it it really lessens the friction because I think if we were charging local organizations, first of all, I would just kind of feel weird about it, It, you know, and and also I think it would just be a lot harder to get the right matches because a lot of people would be like, no, I don't really want to pay you. So um, that it really works the best for us when we're charging the uh, our clients. And is that sort of an engagement fee or a percent fee or how do how do you how do you factor that? Sure. It's um, per opportunity a lot of the time. So we have a flat rate per local um, opportunity that we find for a particular client. And sometimes if they're working at a certain scale, we'll just charge like a flat fee for, you know, if you want uh, local sponsorships in, I don't know, Philadelphia and Mm -hmm. you want a bunch of them, you know, um, you can pay us this flat rate and we'll do all the research for you. We'll come up with a list for you. And then from that list, you can choose. So it kind of depends on, you know, we've, um, varied it a lot you know with different clients for what works for particular clients what works for us definitely still a lot of times working on our pricing model but um yeah we are always paid over and above the the cost of sponsorship so what's the hardest thing about being a co-founder and ceo of a startup oh goodness um i would say the hardest thing is knowing where to focus your attention when you still have a small team so Mm -hmm. for me I do a lot of the management of the team, the day-to-day, which is probably more of a COO role technically, but um, I kind of am a CEO and a COO because I do also things like this, like Mm -hmm. uh, being on your podcast. So, you know, in any given day, it's like, well, I could write that blog post that could probably generate us traffic, or I could spend some time digging into the numbers to to figure out how to make us more efficient, which would save us money. So, you know, it's like this constant pull of, of where to draw my attention and where to push myself and um, you know, there's, there's, it feels like there's always something else you could be doing. Well, uh, it, and, I would say it's the hardest part. And, you know, with a small company, I mean, you got to take the trash out too. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking, yeah. speaking of focus, uh, what's the future hold? Are you going to try to get a bigger sort of footprint in a number of cities or do you feel like maybe you could take this concept and start saying, okay, what else can we do with the partnerships that we've developed? Um, yeah, so as far as cities, we actually have found that, you know, pretty much anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, uh, a client wants us to go, we're able okay. to go. Okay. Um, so we have a lot of flexibility there. But I would say the future really is uh, kind of the latter one, building up what it means uh, to be a local sponsor. I think, like I said, we started off in the local search space. So I think a lot of our initial clients were like, oh, you can help our, you know, our rankings. And I think that's big, but I really want to infiltrate other marketplaces. Um, I want to get in front of, uh, get ZipSprout in front of people who are in charge of branding, who are in charge of PR and really show what local sponsorships can do for those areas because I think they have just as much power even if you don't really care about uh, your your rankings or if, if that's not a concern, not a primary concern for you. Well, Megan, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to stop by and tell us about uh, ZipSprout and uh, hopefully we'll uh, run into you out there in one of those local cities soon. 
Yeah, John, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.